0: We all know that Adam and Eve were our earliest ancestors, but have you ever wondered about the beginnings of our cat and dog friends? According to the Bible, they were created on day six, but were they the same as we know them today?
1: All the dogs are related back and come from some great-great-great-great-granddaddy wolf.
0: This is Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a Creation Radio Journal. I'm Chris O'Brien with the Institute for Creation Research. There are so many different breeds of cats and dogs. How did they all get here? Did God create several varieties of cats and dogs? Or was there just one pair of each kind in the Garden of Eden? Join us for the next 15 minutes as we discuss the origin of cats and dogs. What was the first set of dogs like? Dr. Kevin Anderson, director of the Van Andel Creation Research Center in Arizona, a division of the Creation Research Society, says there isn't a clear answer to that question.
2: Did God create one type or one kind of canine and one kind of feline? We can't be totally certain. We can just make some educated guesses. But certainly within the canine, for example, there is enough genetic similarity between even the wolf and the common house dog and the fox and such that they could have very easily all been one created kind initially, but they wouldn't have to have been. You know, the, the canis lupus and the canis familiaris, which are the wolf and the house dog, could have been two created kinds. We don't know with that degree of certainty where the created kind division
0: is. Dr. Dan Criswell is a biology professor at the ICR Graduate School. What's his view on the first canine?
3: Well, it's hard to say, but based on uh, chromosome mapping and chromosome number, it would appear that timber wolves, red wolves, domestic dogs, probably are all the same particular animal and probably are descendants in some form or another from the gray wolf.
0: ICR President, Dr. John Morris.
3: They were the dogs at the start, and what that
4: original dog or even variety of dogs was like when God created them, we really don't know, but it appears that all of our modern breeds of dogs, they were actually bred from a rather wolf-like ancestor in historic times.
0: Dr. Job Martin of the Incredible Creatures That Defy Evolution videos agrees that we can't be certain of what the original created dog was like.
1: On the one hand... It looks like, according to the most recent science and genetics and the people that study those things, that all the dogs are related back and come from some great-great-great-great-granddaddy wolf and grandmommy wolf. But then again, we don't want to just accept that and say, well, that must be the truth. It's possible that God had different kinds of dog-like things. But as far as we know, with the information we have, it looks like, Dogs are all related, and they probably all came from an original set of wolf-type parents.
0: And what about the original cat kind? Can we tell if our companion house cat came from the big cat line? Dr. Criswell.
3: Well, the first place would probably be to look at chromosome number. But then also, a lot of chromosome mapping is done. And so you would want to look at where the genes are located on a particular chromosome as well. I suppose it's certainly possible that there's one cat kind because all of the cats have the same chromosome number, 38. Uh, Even your little house cat and a lion have the same chromosome number. Dr. Martin.
1: We do know that our domestic cats, well, first of all, they're very smart, but they are also, they've been bred to the point that they have lots of weaknesses. Like they have a very weak uh, liver enzyme system. So like dogs, you can give certain medications to, but you can't give it to a cat because its liver won't detoxify it because the livers on cats are weak. So there has been a lack or a, uh, it's decreasing in its efficiency when you get down to a domestic cat. Can we genetically trace those cats back to a, a lion or a tiger? Well, there's some some people say, yes, that some of the breeds of domestic cats that we have They look very much like these wild uh, big cats.
4: Dr. Morris. Just recently I was studying an article where a lion and a tiger had been interbred and had produced a liger. But then a lion and a tiger, they're they're interfertile with the leopard and with the puma, and all these things are interfertile, running down the line until even the house cat. Now, lions and house cats usually don't get along real well, but in principle they could interbreed and could produce fertile offspring. Uh, There's kind of a space problem there, too. A mother cat couldn't bear the children of a father lion, but genetically, there's nothing to prohibit that. The big cats and the house cats, they are so similar genetically that they did evidently come from the original created cat kind.
0: But Dr. Martin points out that the crossbreeding of big cats is not natural.
1: We know you can breed lions with tigers, and you do get baby kittens that are uh, ligers. They look different. But you don't see that happening out there in the wild. That's a man-made, very manipulated type of a thing. Lions prefer lions, and tigers prefer tigers, and leopards prefer leopards, and cheetahs prefer cheetahs.
0: Tigers, lions, and other big cats are so distinct in their coloration and markings. How could they have all come from the same original cat kind? Dr. Morris.
4: There were evidently just two cats on board Noah's Ark, and... When the flood was over, those two cats entered into our modern world, and as they reproduce, they entered into different environments and different habitats, and they begin to express these different characteristics. Of course, there's a lot of extinct cats that are even quite different, like the saber-toothed tiger. This had very explicit adaptations to certain things with the big teeth and all, but they were cats. They would have been infertile with modern-day cats, at least in principle. They were part of that original created cat kind.
0: So then, what makes it so difficult to know for sure what the original dog and cat kinds were like? Dr. Anderson.
4: Genetic studies
2: help clarify, but I don't know if we'll be able to totally figure it out because you have to understand as time since creation has progressed and genetic changes are introduced and variation is introduced, so you get dog breeds, for example, you get separation of various types of cats and such, it becomes much harder to trace back what the original kind would have been.
0: There are so many different breeds of cats and dogs. How did they all get here? Dr. Anderson.
2: The genetic answer is that it's the same for both the cats and the dogs of how we get that, and that is the way that you obtain dog breeds or the way you obtain cat breeds is by a selection process is actually an elimination process.
0: So the evolutionary argument of adding information to get changes is scientifically incorrect.
2: Darwin is completely wrong in his understanding of how natural selection would work. Natural selection does not select for a new feature. It selects for a concentration of a feature already there. The dog breeds just represent all the various genetic potentials that were in that original created dog. And we make dog breeds just simply by selecting out all of those features we don't want. And then what we have left is the feature we're selecting for. We haven't suddenly introduced a new feature that now makes the dog taller. That was already there. We just selected out the genes that make the dog shorter. So what we have left is the genes for a tall dog.
0: And this taking away process could occur naturally to some degree.
2: That's why you may have, for example, the, the yard dog and the wolf being perhaps the same created kind, but they naturally began to distinguish themselves. So certainly the breeds we have today are very much a man-made intervention because that takes some pretty precise breeding selection to give that grade of diversity. You wouldn't naturally get everything that we have today. That would be very difficult to maintain. So that, that is very much a human intervention.
0: We as humans really seem to enjoy the company and protection of a good dog. But how long have domesticated dogs been a part of our society? Dr. Martin.
1: Well, that goes way, way back. Matter of fact, back in the book of Exodus, it's referring to dogs. Not very complimentary, but it's still referring to them. So people have had domesticated dogs for a long, long time.
0: Dogs are indeed mentioned in the Bible. However,
1: most of the descriptions and the ways God uses dogs in the Bible it's not really good. He compares them to sinful ministers and fools and people that don't really believe anything and persecutors and, and even obstinate sinners. He calls them dogs. And <laughs> So dog is man's best friend, but God uses dog in a way that's really not, not too complimentary sometimes. But he gave us dogs, but he knows that we like them.
0: Although our common house cat isn't mentioned in Scripture, they do have a long history of domestication.
1: They trace those all the way back to the Egyptians. That They even worshipped them. They worshipped them as gods and goddesses. They made statues of them. And I think as far as the archaeologists go and those kind of people, they say that the Egyptians domesticated cats because they would protect the food supply, that they would eat the vermin, the rats and mice and things that wanted to eat their wheat or corn or whatever they were growing
0: and cats were also a valuable commodity at sea
1: even on the uh the old sailing ships they always had cats on board those to catch the rats because the rats would eat the food they would also chew through their ropes and lines and and so they always had pet cats on the ships our pilgrims brought cats over here uh, because they really valued them to really protect the food supply cats have been really important to mankind our domestic cats because they've really helped in many ways, and in particular, to protect our food supply.
0: Whether you favor cats or dogs, or appreciate both, God had a purpose for creating their kinds. Dr. Criswell.
3: Well, they are all created, and uh, they all fit a role in nature. And God did create them specifically to fill a particular niche. The way that their body is designed is perfectly adapted for whatever that role is. And that's true of dogs, cats, and whatever other kinds of animals that we want to talk about. And that role may be companionship. I think it's perfectly reasonable that he created the genetic potential to make all the different varieties of plants and animals that we see.
0: And we see the mighty hand of God all over creation. Dr. Martin.
1: So you look at these amazing animals like dogs and cats and the many things they can do and the ways that they're helpful to mankind and they're many times a comfort and you're thinking well God says in Romans 1 we can see things about him in the things that he's made and so you can see God expressing aspects of his personality out through these wonderful things that he's made like dogs and cats and then that makes us think what kind of a savior do we really have what kind of a a person is the lord jesus well i mean he is such a a loving caring a merciful infinitely forgiving lord why would anyone not want to say lord jesus i believe in you i believe you died for my sin he died so that we could live we're all sinners and he says i love you and i'm going to take the penalty for your sin so he died on the cross came up out of the tomb at the resurrection And now we have a way to get back into fellowship with our holy God who has displayed his character, his genius, through all these great things that he has made.
0: As our program comes to a close, we hope that you've been encouraged. It's our desire at ICR to show that the Bible can be trusted, both historically and scientifically, and to give facts that will build your faith. As Christians, we need to understand the scientific basis for our beliefs. We pray that this program will aid you in your discovery of science and the Bible. You know, most people aren't aware that today there are thousands of scientists that are convinced of the truth of biblical creation and not evolution. Our non-denominational ministry aims to restore and strengthen the Genesis foundations of the Christian faith. If you've enjoyed today's edition of Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a Creation Radio Journal, Why not visit us on the web to find out more about the work of ICR? The address is www.icr.org. Again, www.icr.org. Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a Creation Radio Journal, is a production of ICR. For the Institute for Creation Research, I'm Chris O'Brien. Thanks for tuning in.